Hey, do you brush DIY or you got someone for that? Oh, I definitely have someone to brush. Time time, bing bong, welcome to the Tune Shed, workshop for everything music, history, theory, creative process, production, you name it, we're here to become better music listeners, creators, and lovers. I'm here with the good man, Marty Gray. I'm Blake Murray. What's up, Marty? It's Tuesday. It's time time. <laughs> I love it's time that. time on a Tuesday. I love that intro. <laughs> Thanks. I made that up. Bing bong. For you. <laughs> bing bong <laughs> oh a little man something for the kids there <laughs> yeah a little tiktok reference there good good on oh. you good on you <laughs> dang called out i was hoping that you wouldn't know it and then it would just slide under the radar <laughs> blake has no idea that i tiktok when i poop <laughs> Ooh, it's a good time. i have a guilty i have a guilty confession which is that i watch youtube shorts which are just actually worse than tiktoks wait youtube you what it's what are youtube it's, shorts? they just it appeared there it's the exact same thing as tiktok but worse oh and i just watch them and i i don't know why Ooh. do you subscribe to youtube red as well <laughs> <laughs> actually get this i i met this guy that i used to play frisbee with and now i play chess with every once in a while and he's like hey i'm on this youtube premium plan with like seven strangers you want to join and i was like yeah sure Oh. And that's how I watch basketball and get no ads. <laughs> well, that seems worth it. Because it's like a legacy premium account where there's no ads from like, they don't offer that anymore, I guess. I don't, and I don't know any of them. And the guy never charges me. It's been like a year. Well, you seem to have it made. Yeah, I just nice. realized that. I think he's charged me only one time. What the heck? Huh. That's awesome. Not bad. Legacy <laughs> <Well>. account. <laughs> Leg- the legacy group of strangers. <laughs> Man, man, where do I find a stranger to give me no ads? Let's see if I can get you in this family. <laughs> Blake, we're we're reading today. We're gonna do some All reading. Right. Some reading. We're gonna do some practical DIY manual style reading. Oh, okay. I love DIY. Oh, DIY. I feel so achieved. I know, right? I DIY. My entire life is DIY. You know, when you put it that way, <laughs> I have to get myself up in the morning and feed myself and stuff. You know, I eat DIY style. I, <laughs> I get out of bed DIY. <laughs> hey, do you brush DIY or you got someone for that? Oh, I definitely have someone to brush. I have so I, hard to brush someone else's teeth. Have you ever done that? No, I haven't. Oh, try it sometime. Really? It's so hard. It's probably, yeah, yeah, it's... I can imagine it'd be really hard. Yeah, mouths are just weird. <laughs> All right, we're reading today. <laughs> we're reading today. You know what we're reading about, Blake? We're reading about acoustics, specifically room acoustics. Even more specifically, Rooms. small room in a house or an apartment that you share with someone else and you got the second bedroom acoustics. So every musician ever, unless right. you've made it. Right, exactly. <laughs> Most musicians... They're all, honestly, a lot of musicians that have made it kind of hang out in a room now. You know, they just hang That's out in a probably true. tiny room. 
But so we're we're doing we're kind of going through the practical applications on how to deal with your crappy room. Okay, so I'll, oh. let's start by just saying by default rooms as they exist on their own are just bad. They're just bad acoustically. They're designed mm. in a bad way for recording. Cool for bad room. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Horrible. That's that's how it works. That's how that's that and that's how sound works. Okay. Right? So this sound is, is bad. Sound is in bad. In boxes. It really is. It's horrible in boxes. You, you know, everyone knows their favorite like crappy club. Um that's mm. just in like a like a basement of a complex. And it's a box and all of the music just sounds like ho 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 ho. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this is how it is. So this episode is for all the folks who are rocking a home studio setup, right? This could also work for higher end commercial studios too. Like some of the tips in here are pretty practical, if I'm honest. But if that's the case that you have a commercial end studio, chances are you probably have a budget to either buy nice isolation and diffusion equipment or just hire a professional acoustician, which they do exist, by the way. People, hmm. people are professionals at just going into a space and being like, here's what you need to do to not have it sound bad. That's what acousticians do. They're really great. That's crazy. Can't they like predict what spaces will sound like, like auditoriums and stuff? They'll like the architect will show them the building and they'll kind of be working with them. And they'll be like, it's going to sound like this. And they'll put the effect on and then they go play and record it. And it sounds like that. Yep. Yeah. Really good acousticians know math. exactly what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a, like a combination of math and like incredible intuition. Oh, it's great. I saw the craziest studio ever once. I'm just going to interject right here and say this story. Okay. I was on the East Coast visiting essentially a friend of a friend of a friend who knows a guy who knows the studio it's really high-end super small little spot um but essentially what's going on is it's like not the biggest room in the world but big enough to have a band in there comfortably and some people mingling let's just say that and spread out a bunch of mics you know none of the parallel walls stuff like that i'm sure you're going to give tips on but what it has in the basement is a massive computer and all the mics on the ceiling are hooked up to that computer and then the, the person running it has an iPad and they can literally put reverb on your voice when you're just singing in there, not into a mic. Well, you're singing into like 500 mics all over the place, but they can just slide up the reverb and the mics hear you. And in real time, it'll process that effect and put it back into the room. Oh, that's cool. Isn't that bonkers? I was like, how do you, that's a lot of math. Must be a big computer in the basement. <laughs> Must be a really <laughs> smart computer. It's <laughs> like the smartest computer I know. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyways, yeah. I just thought that was so cool. Like peak technology is probably going to be so dated someday, but that is um, cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Neato. Anyways, sorry. Oh, to yeah, Eddie. No, that's that's a really cool story. I'm kind of really excited about what AI can do in the future, but that's neither here nor there. For right now, this is really just tips and tricks for a home studio haver. Everyone mm. who has just recently bought Rocket Sixes into Focusrite. You know who you are. It's for you. Y you okay? I'm out of focus, right? But what's a Rocket Six? It's a speaker. It's a mon. It's a oh. monitor. And oh, I've it's um. Just use headphones. <laughs> have, okay. Speaking of TikTok, have you seen producer TikToks with those uh, speakers with the yellow cones? 
Oh, I have seen those. And my friend has them. Yeah. Those, those are those. Those are rockets. Are those like the, are they like low end but good enough ones or what? what yeah. They're kind of like, I call them the Gen Z Yamaha and S10s. For anyone who is okay. like a speaker nut, you probably just cackled, but that's like, that's kind of what they're, they're like kind of low end cheap speakers, but everyone knows what they sound like. And so you can compare mixes really easily on rockets because everyone knows what they sound like. Yamaha and S10s are the same way. That's an interesting point. Just like, you know, different speakers. Like, you know, they always say test it on all your headphones, like on your Apple headphones and on your, like, I don't know, your Beats or whatever. And it's like not all of them are the best speakers ever, but that's what people listen on. I didn't think about like a studio speaker even being comparable amongst like a production community. That's that's cool. Oh, right. You're not going to mix a song for everyone to listen on like beautiful Genelec speakers. You're going to mix in. You're going to mix for the car. You know, that's oh the car. Yeah, the car. The and car. that club where there's a guy in the back on the mic going bull bull. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. And so that's the thing about sound waves bouncing around your repurposed guest bedroom. Right. That room, like you said, almost always has four flat walls which is bad, in a square or rectangle, which is bad, bad, <laughs> horrible. So what do we do about it, right? It's like, what do we do? unfortunately, acoustics hate that. They hate flat walls in a square or a rectangle. Horrible things happen. So what, what are those things? How can we, well, um, comb filtering, first of all, which is that I don't have enough time to explain exactly what comb filtering is, but it doesn't give you an accurate representation of what your mix is actually doing because your room is stacking weird mid-range frequencies. Um, oh, also, so stuff's just bouncing around in a bad way. Yes, stuff is bouncing around in a bad way. That's a really great way of understanding it. Um, mm. But how specifically is it bouncing around? So let's sort of take a, take a, a quick uh, simulation trip. Right, let's let's try and understand what's happening acoustically. Robo so simulations. For everyone uh listening on earbuds, go to your sink and fill it with water and plug the drain so you have a pool in there. And let the water settle so it's still. Then quickly dip your finger in the middle and just notice how the waves behave, right? They bounce off the edges of the sink strongly at first and then the strength of the waves diminishes over time or the amplitude of the waves diminishes over time right it, they they bounce around and they get smaller and smaller and smaller and then all of a sudden there's no more sound or no more waves the finger dippage is our analogy for sound source right that's our sound source that's our speaker the, the finger dipping into the middle of the water is is the sound source and the waves are audio now if you want to simulate what happens in a room with two speakers take two fingers near preferably the back edge of the sink and dip them into the water at the same time right and then see what happens to to mm -hmm. those two sound waves there's a spot where the waves converge at first um, right in the middle and that's ideally where we put our heads when we're listening to to music or listening to our mixes or our production. There's mm. also a spot where the waves touch the edges of the sink first, right? And that's the point of first reflection. 
That's an important one to remember. Remember that one for later. But it's the point mm. where the waves touch the edges of the sink, whatever edge it is, first. First point reflection, okay. Point of first reflection. Jot it down, remember it. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Grab a sponge and mm -hmm. hold it up on the back edge of the sink. Right? This will cause ripples. You'll you'll put the sponge in the water. Um, but hold it still and let the water settle, right? So it's kind of like you're setting up a an absorber, a sound panel, right? That's what the sponge is doing. Now dip a finger in the middle again and notice what happens to the waves that touch the sponge. The waves should be less strong, eh? They get right? absorbed? Wait, really? Yep, a little bit. I mean, it depends on what kind of sponge you have. I have really soft sponges, um, but you'll see hmm. less ripples off the sponge for sure. So same, same with like sound panels in a room. That's exactly right. Yeah. Those of you, I mean, ding, ding, ding. Blake has caught on. <laughs> I'm so smart. <laughs> he's, dude, he's, he's getting good. This guy's getting good. But right. That's called absorption. That's what, I mean, that's literally what absorbers are doing. That's what sound panels are doing. They're absorbing the waves. They're making the waves less strong as they bounce around. Right. Hmm. So now the other thing that I mentioned before. So now instead of the sponge, do the same exact thing. Instead of a sponge, though, make your fingers into a four. Spread them out a little bit so there's like a three or so millimeter gap between them. And place it face down in the water where the sponge used to be, right? Like on the back wall. Again, let the water settle and then do the finger dip. Notice how the waves behave differently compared to the sponge right they scatter they don't necessarily like the the amplitude like the waves don't diminish the amplitude doesn't get smaller when the water ripples touch the the fingers it just scatters that's diffusion hmm right okay so it's like a big strong wave is coming in and it hits a sponge and it actually just becomes really s smaller wave but if a big strong wave comes in and hits four fingers, it becomes like a bunch of waves going all directions. That's right. Yeah, the, the fingers really aren't absorbing anything. They're just reflecting all of the, they're reflecting that initial strong wave in all sorts of different directions. Mm -hmm. Right. So the problem, again, with flat walls is that it reflects perfectly. The wave comes back exactly, almost exactly as it hit the wall which is bad. We don't want that. Hmm. Right? So there's two key elements here. There's absorption and diffusion. And okay. that's what we're playing with today. And that, that's what acousticians deal with. Right? Um, that's like the bread and butter of what they do. They try to absorb and diffuse different frequencies okay. at, different, at different times. So funny enough, this little analogy in the sink, that's literally what's happening in your room all the time with sound. If you imagine your room is filled with water, the sink simulation is a perfect analogy just in 2D. If you imagine sound to be literally waves in a, in a fluid, because air is a fluid, then you will be fine. If you start imagining it that way, you will have a much better grasp on what's happening in your room. Right? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. It's like hard to remember that like sound is a thing moving through a thing but you know whenever you put your head on like a desk and tap it it's so crazy loud you're like whoa 
I know. <laughs> Travels well is. through this stuff. <laughs> it really does. I mean, it's it's invisible, though. That's kind of why it's tough. Yeah. Because it's, it's just happening. It's invisible, and you can't see it. You can only hear it. Oh, my God. Speaking of... Speaking of waves, um, next time you're around a symbol, give it a flick or or just like lightly hit it with a stick and put your ear right next to the tip of the symbol. What happens? Really, really crazy low end. You wouldn't think. Wait, really? Yes, there's so much low like, end. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right next Wait, to I the symbol. Wait, I got one for you too. Okay. Oh, sorry. The one for, you ever, next time you take a, a York peppermint patty, Next time you see one, buy it because no one ever buys them and they're like really dusty in the store and I love them. So then I'm always kind of disappointed. And then take it and put it by your ear and then just like crack it open. And like the consistency of their peppermint cream just makes the most satisfying little like, Shh, I can't, don't eat. It's not even like that. It's so good. It's the best <laughs> thing you'll ever hear. <laughs> I would never buy a Yorkshire peppermint patty in my life, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it now. Do it. It's so it. satisfying. <laughs> I've only had one person who's like, "Oh, I hate that," oh. and I think they're just trying to spite me, you know, because they're like, <laughs> "I was all excited," and they're like, "No, this is this can't be." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm do man, it. It's I don't great. think I've I don't think I've had one in years. That's awesome. That's living, man. You got to do it, but and just break <laughs> it by. Oh, it's so good. It's like sunlight in your ear. It's it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> sunlight in your ear. It's an eargasm, as they say. <laughs> uh, so now yeah. what so now i think it's a good time to transition away from theoretical to practical so okay the first thing you'll want to do is place your speakers in your room and i realize most of you have probably already placed your speakers so if you've already configured your room around your speaker placement don't worry too much it's not the hugest deal but there is technically an ideal speaker setup for small rooms um, that sort of minimizes the amount of bad. I won't go into too much detail on the why of these practices, but I'll quickly just gloss through, you know, quote unquote, best industry practice for speaker placement. So speakers this is good, should be... I actually... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I actually haven't even gotten speakers. I've always just used headphones. But at some point I want to do it because, you know, it's just nice to not be blaring in the headphones all day you know oh it's it a little sure less is. ear fatigue oh yeah um but yeah so i'm gonna do it so yeah I'm, I'm yeah tell me the tips okay well your speakers should be placed facing the shorter wall with the backs 30 percent away from the opposite short wall so that was you know that was a dense sentence so the shorter wall being if your room is a rectangle which most are um the speaker should be placed facing either short wall um, so long ways, and the back of the speaker should be 30% away from the opposite short wall in the room. So divide your room by three, and then choose a, uh, one of the thirds, and place your speakers there. Face the cones uh, towards the opposite short wall. Does that make sense? Wow, that's like a tough spot for a desk. It is. It? Like, what do you do right... with that 30% behind there? Right, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I, again, I, I realize that most people probably have already configured their room around an ideal furniture spot, which isn't in the middle of your room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. no one places a table in the middle of their room. Um, yeah, it's a little tricky. It is tricky. I mean, so if you're me and you're a career musician, you have a whole room dedicated to music. But I realize that a lot of producers 
don't. Um, so again, that's why I sort of quantify this by saying it's not the most important thing in the world, but I do want to go through ideal speaker placement. For those of you who do have the luxury of playing with the whole entire room and you don't care where your, your table is. Plus, you could finish your song and then yank your speakers, you know, put bring your desk and speakers out and sort of give that a try. And you know, it's good to know so you can mess with it, right? Yeah, for sure. So then you sit in your chair. Once your speakers are, you know, 30% away from the short wall, you sit in the chair, measure how far your literal ear is from the speaker, and then configure your speakers to make an equilateral triangle, right? So that's how far away your speaker should be. You, you, you should have an equilateral triangle between your two ears, the speakers, and the distance between the speakers to each other. Whoa. Makes, okay. That's, that's ideal. So your speak really your speakers shouldn't be like right next to each other, um, and the further you, away you are from your speakers, the further away your speakers should be from each other. Does that make sense? Yes. Yep. The triangle just gets bigger. Great. So then face the speaker towards your ear, duh, and do what you can to raise them so the cone is level with the height of your ear, and get as close oh. as you can because th this part really does matter. Um, I've used books before to like, I, you know, put my speaker on top of books. Um, speaker mm -hmm. stands from Sweetwater aren't too pricey. They're like maybe 20 or 30 bucks for really cheap ones. And those will last you for a long time. Hmm. Okay. I personally have a little production desk, um, with like a raised tier for speakers. Not very expensive. Like those can run a couple thousand, but I, I got a cheap one for like 400 bucks or so. So, okay. Yeah, it's it's not too bad. Like, but again, it's I'm an a, investment. But it is an investment, and I'm I like I'm a full time career guy. You know, I I need a a decent setup, but it it has like yeah. a raised second tier to put all my speakers, so that they're sort of like ear level, and yeah. that that part really is important. Like, if if you listen to a mix with your speakers low and then listen to them a little bit raised, you will you will notice a huge difference. That's no hmm. joke. Just like you're catching more frequencies and like just like a clearer signal kind of? Or, well, or what's it like? Yeah. So, I mean, most monitor speakers designed for mixing and, and monitoring are directional speakers, right? So they're designed hmm. to focus all of the sound directly into your ears because, I mean, that's what they're designed to do. They're near scope mm -hmm. or, uh, yeah, near scope. I think that's the word. Not for your club experience. Right, right. right. The the club speakers are designed to be really wide. <laughs> yeah. And to fire it everywhere. <laughs> I see. Yep. Okay. So that's sort of a quick little tutorial on where to place your speakers. If you can't, don't worry about it. So now for the absorption and diffusion stuff. This is the most important part um, for all the small poopy rooms. You've all probably seen pictures from studios with those weird little wooden panels that look like a bunch of pixels, right? Oh, yep. Yeah, yep. right? So th those are diffusers. That's the four fingers that we were talking about. They, they scatter sound. That's what they do. They're made of, um, they, you know, they even out low end. They, they scatter low mids or mids. And they are sometimes custom tailored to the problems a room is having. And an acoustician will know exactly what kind of diffuser to put where in order to solve the specific problems a room is having. The That's thing, crazy. Oh, yeah. They're, they're nuts. No. They're, they're actually free like online sites that calculate what kind of diffuser you need. 
Um, Whoa. It, like, if you know that your room has, like, a 700 hertz frequency buildup, um, you could tell this free online tool, and it will, like, make a diffuser free. Like, it'll it'll tell you how long each cube needs to be in the diffuser. It's in, it's insane. What? It's like, it's, it's, it's like wonderful. It's cool. <laughs> now I'm also picturing like custom diffusers that are just made up of like sets of four fingers, just like, w- like wiggling around on the wall. <laughs> Wingling. <laughs> Wiggling. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Ooh. I've seen some really cool artsy diffusers before. Like there, I mean, people get really crazy with it. There are studios actually that, that like hire artists to do it. Yeah, I was gonna say I was actually gonna shout up. I have a friend who lives in New York who's been taking like um, really nice like patterned cloths and um, making sound panels. And if anyone's interested, email us and I can get you linked up. He makes them all himself. It's like it's really cool. They're beautiful too. Oh, please do that. I recommended Joe uh, Joanne Fabric later in the episode, but I'll say oh. we're we're gonna say Joanne Fabric or Blake's friend. Please use Blake's friend. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he, he stuffs the middle of them too. It's just like a, a wooden frame with some sort of insulation stuffing, so it like does a pretty good job. And then this like beautiful fabrics that he picks out. Uh, oh, jeez. He's super talented at it. It's great. Wait, that's perfect for this episode. What the heck? <laughs> yeah it's just yeah actually i just heard about it. i like, randomly called and i haven't talked to him in a long time and he's like yeah i'm making these things it's like that's awesome man i'm gonna i'm gonna hype you up someday and oh here's God. the day that's so cool we have to link him in the description oh link, yeah, yeah link in the will. description <laughs> is there descriptions <laughs> yeah yeah there are descriptions oh that's great I'm good to sure. know <laughs> uh okay so um yes there are acousticians who specifically design diffusers for specific problems the studio is having. The thing about small rooms is that every problem exists to the max. Every problem is horrible. Mids, low mids, highs, lows, everything. Everything's a problem. So hmm. for us, we are looking to hack away at as much bad as possible. In essence, the best spot for a small studio is the short wall opposite your speaker cones, so behind your head, right? The back wall. And really, in practice, the jankier and just more stuff there is, the janglier the pattern, the better, right? It doesn't matter. Um, really, functionally, more is better in a small studio. I like bookshelf. Do you mean like more stuff? More stuff. Literally more stuff. Okay. Yep. And... um messier patterns like the more weird angles you can get in the back wall to scatter the the sound coming directly at them the better literally literally it's like bookshelves at angles and like that's right yeah like i like like, i love bookshelves like jumanji just ran through kind of thing yeah i don't know why that came to mind but it did oh yeah just put a bunch of stuff there like i have um a little closet built into my studio in the back wall, which is really lucky. So what I did was I put a shelf in there and filled that puppy with stuff like cases, cables, mics, bags, toolbox. I have a power drill in there. Like I've just filled it up more like literally more the better. Um, I have. Yeah, it's I mean, that is what a lot of people recommend online, too, is just a bookshelf back there. But fill that thing up 
Like literally fill it up. I've seen people build their own diffusers, which honestly doesn't look too hard. Um, if you have mm -hmm. a bit of woodworking equipment, it's not too bad. Like it really is just um, like little panels of wood that you just cut at different angles or different lengths and glue them together. I do not have woodworking equipment, nor do I have a beard. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm unqualified. I can't do it. Wait, do you have a flannel though? Uh, I do have a flannel. <laughs> I have oh, lots of you're, you're pretty much there oh man maybe maybe you're right <laughs> just buy some wood glue and <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah or just wait so get kind of going back to like the fluid thing it's just you can imagine like a bookshelf full of stuff or like your own homemade diffuser you're just trying to catch as many different sizes of sound waves and spread them all over so they don't come back to your mic and make it terrible that's exactly right yeah the bad thing about a, a small studio room is the roominess you yell in there and it just sounds roomy mm. you know so you're trying to break up as much of that sound as possible and all of that stuff in the back of your room it's catching a lot of the points of first reflection Right. It's catching a lot of because if your speakers are pointed towards your ears, they're pointed towards the back of the room, too. So a lot of stuff hmm. is going to collect there at first. So why is the first reflection so evil? We are supposed to remember that it's, I'm remembering like a crystal ball, and like an evil wizard looking in at the first reflection. Uh, yes. So if you think back to the Dumble Finger experiment, we noted the point of first reflection. The idea here. Mm -hmm is that the spot where we get the most reverberation in our room is the first reflection. It's the point where the sound touches the wall first, right? Mm -hmm. When we, when our sound touches the wall and reverberates it back to us, we get frequency stacking. We get that same signal back delayed. That's bad. We don't want that because that's not accurate. The, our room is giving us an inaccurate model of what our song is sounding like. And... Um, the other way around, the mic is picking up an inaccurate portrayal of what we're trying to present it. Either if we're singing or playing violin, sax, whatever. If we're playing stuff mm -hmm. in our room, our room is doing bad things to the sound. So Dang, okay. Yeah. We want to deal with this first. So we are going to need to place a sound absorber. Remember the sponge? We're gonna need to place a sound absorber at the point of first reflection. So to find that point, imagine firing a laser in a straight line out of your speaker cone. The minute it touches a wall, that's the point of first reflection, right? So if you literally just draw a line from your speaker cone to the wall, that's where to put your, your first absorber. That's the most important absorber you can put there. Okay, that's nice that it's a straight line. That's pretty easy to find. Yeah, it's not bad. And if you ref if you um draw a perfect reflection and then the next time it touches a wall, that's the point of second reflection. Oh, just like uh, if you imagine like the game of Pong. Yeah. Like the, the, the ball bounced off the wall, like where does it go next? That's the next spot. Yeah, that's a really good way of describing it actually. <laughs> it's just do Pong and that's that's it. I mean Or that one screensaver where like <laughs> the the symbol like bounces around and you wait for it to go perfectly in the corner. <laughs> yeah, like that episode of The Office. Exactly. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, so a sound absorber. A few options for sound absorbers. You can okay. either click the link in the description and buy a beautiful sound absorber from Blake's friend. 
<laughs> a few other options are Roxel. So I, I don't know how to spell it. Um, I've only ever heard it said out loud, which is goofy. <laughs> but it's um, what it is is, is just um, minerals weaved to create insulation. Right, it's like natural oh. dirt-based insulation. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's great. You know, my buddy might be doing, might might be wrapping up that stuff. I'm I sure. Don't know he, though. I'm sure he is. We it's very cheap. This, so I'll, yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. It'll all be in the description. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, Roxel is is really really cheap. I don't think it cool. works as good as insulation at insulating, but it works just as good as insulation at absorbing which is why it's preferred right it's it's like incredibly cheap like fluffy stuff so -hmm. what you do is you buy a big thing of rock sole from your local hardware store and you wrap panels of it in saran wrap right okay you cut the rock sole into rectangles wrap that sucker up and you're gonna go wrap it with fabric from joanne fabrics and it's pretty or you can wrap it with fabric from blake's friend (laughs) <laughs> um, for people with beards making a rectangular panel to place the Roxel in isn't too bad either it's really easy um, then you have a DIY sound panel right if that's something that you're interested in doing great all the power to you I built four um, saran wrap wrapped Roxel panels back in the day before I had legit sound panels of my own and I use them for bass traps now. And we'll talk about bass traps a little bit later. Sounds so, sick, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Bass traps. Bass traps. Bass. Bass traps. Really important. <laughs> but I was rocking so those. Good at that. I was rocking those for a long time. Those, ran- like, I would just, like, lean them on my wall. And they worked really well. Like, you could tell a difference. Wow, you didn't even mount them? No, no, I didn't even mount them. I just, like, flopped them on my wall. <laughs> that's pretty cool it was fine like it worked for a while if you put him on the point of first reflection and play a song back to back one with one without roxel you'll notice a difference you really will (laughs) i i literally i guarantee it you will that's awesome Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it's good to know because sometimes i feel like with these things it feels like do i really need that like how much is that really gonna help but yeah if you know if you can notice a difference you know without I mean, I feel like with most audio stuff, at least for me, it takes like training to start noticing things. I have to like start thinking about it pretty hard for like a while. Ugh. But if you can notice it first time, like that's that's a pretty big impact. Oh, I know. If you and get the- some new headphones or something, you're like, whoa, these things are different. It's true. <laughs> and like the the annoying thing about acoustics is like acoustics are one of those things where it's like 90% magic and 10% application. And everything you do like – changes the sound like one percent you know what i mean and so to make an actual difference you have to do like a hundred things in order for anything to to really be audible you know what i mean it's like good producers are all like that too they're like and i do this and you know it's just the slightest little thing i just kind of like it and then i do this and then i do this and then like 15 (laughs) things later you're like wow that sounds so good that's exactly right (laughs) yeah that's exactly right yep it's all lost in the sauce it's just all tiny little changes yeah 
And that's it's so like hard to tell if those changes are good because some like sometimes I get just lost in it. I'm like, wait, is that is this better than before? That's true. Sometimes it's that it really is just magic. Like sometimes it really is fake. Like there's <laughs> this there's this like specific tape saturator that I like using at the studio, and mm-hmm. I I'm like almost convinced it doesn't do anything, <laughs> but it feels good <laughs> to put on my. Tra- I'm like, ooh, it's vintage now. <laughs> you know, Ooh. it has that extra sparkle. <laughs> you know, it could. I was, but here's the thing, though. Like, what if it does something that's literally subconscious, and all you can tell is that you like it? That's useful, though. I feel like that's fine. Yeah, that's totally fine. Right. Also, placebo is real, so there's that. Hey, you would know better than I would. <laughs> well, all you gotta know is it's real. <laughs> <laughs> I be- I believe it. I believe in the placebo. So Good. if so if you don't feel like doing that, like making your own panels, which I certainly didn't the second time around. <laughs> and if you're down <laughs> if you're down to spend a couple hundred bucks, I really highly recommend Acoustamac, right? Uh, and we're not sponsored, but they should sponsor us because they they're sponsor us. they're wonderful. They have pre-made sound absorbers with custom dimensions and colors, which is really great for home studio people. Um because not only are they cheap, but you can sort of order X number of custom panels in a color that you want. So hmm. back in the day, I bought six black one by four foot panels, and those are still in my home studio right now. Right? They look really great. They Sweet. look very clean. They're super, super easy to mount. Um, and I have two placed at the point of first reflection on the long wall. And the other four evenly spaced along the long wall. Um, and the, what okay. I sort of did was I mounted all of my guitars, basses, and ukuleles in between of the sound panels, right? So it looks it looks really like fun and professional and looks great. Saves space because all of the guitars are mounted, but it also functions as a little bit of extra diffusion, <laughs> right? Like the sound is literally bouncing off of the hard <laughs> corners of the guitars. <laughs> And it might sound stupid, like it might sound like, okay, for sure. But remember, it's all about how much crap you can squeeze in. You need to remember that. You need to just put as much stuff everywhere. Marty, you're trying, I feel like you're trying to get everyone to be like, be as creative. Like, I feel like we could make a challenge. Like, be as creative as you can in like the most dense space you can possibly manage. You know? <laughs> it's like, true. We should, maybe we should put out a challenge like, Oh, perfect way to get saunas back into the episode. Get as hot as you can and as sweaty as you can, and then try to like make music. <laughs> like Sa- the, the that's, sa- a, that's the challenge for the fans, and do it with a sauna. <laughs> Marty and Blake's Toon Shed Sauna Challenge. <laughs> wow, if if I ever get a sauna, I'm gonna name it the Toon Shed Sauna. Yeah, me too. Cause you name do you name saunas? I guess. I mean You do now. You do now. Honestly, if if you have a really creative solution for some sound absorbing and diffusion stuff, email us and we'll check it out. I would love to see yeah. what you guys come up with cuz like <laughs> I have not seen it all. Yeah, I, I also I just love that we're hyping the email like <laughs> just I want I want like, I want to receive emails. I do. I want, we want emails. Like we we want to go back to like CDs. No, we don't. But we do want emails. <laughs> we do want emails. I really like emails. Emails feel special. 
<laughs> they do. They're like they're like snail mail. Like they are. They're pers- you know they yeah. have a subject line. You're like ooh, hand it's to me. Yeah, they're hand typed. <laughs> hand typed. Yeah. <laughs> I like them. Well, okay. Yeah, good stuff. So next is the ceiling. Um, the ceiling is tricky. The ceiling is re- is really really tricky. Don't feel like you have to deal with the ceiling, but if you want a little bit of extra sauce, deal with the ceiling. So if you're bougie and you have a little bit of extra money, you can buy a cloud or you can make a cloud, I guess. It's just an absorber panel you hang. That's all a cloud is. Um, hmm. It should go above your head. That's the best place for a cloud. Why hang it instead of mount it? Well, hanging it is better because of acoustic reasons I don't want to get into, but it should be like your panel should be a certain percentage down. I think it's 20% of the way between the floor and the ceiling. Like it shouldn't be mounted. Um, and I okay. don't. It does a little bit of a better job somehow. Yeah, it does do a better job. It has a lot to do with um, how you listen and the specific like reflection patterns of ceiling in proportion to your ears. That's the shortest huh. way I can explain it. You know, some concert halls, they have these hanging panels I've seen before. Yeah. Get like a symphony or something. Yeah. Yeah. Those are clouds. Hmm. They're great. Clouds. clouds. What a great name. I know. They're, it's a lovely name. It's a great name for, a, you know, an absorption panel you hang. <laughs> um, <laughs> so j- full disclosure, I don't have clouds in my home studio. If you're me... <gasps> and you went to music school, chances are you have leftover tapestries um, <laughs> from all of your times in college when you thought tapestries were cool. <laughs> or you'd like a liberal arts school or something like that, you know? Yeah, if you went to Lewis and Clark in Portland or something. <laughs> <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> you probably has argyle on it or something. Or you know what mine has? You know, I still have my tapestry. There's one tapestry that I found in a bin, you know, and everybody's moving out and they're throwing away. And it was like a nice forest. My favorite type of forest with no underbrush, just like moss. Ooh. And I love that because it reminds me of like being able to just like run through the forest without like smacking into bushes. But all the trees are tall and there's like a little sun coming through. And it's like this soft mossy ground. I was like, this is incredible. And I still hang it above my bed and it's like kind of tacky and weird but i like if you actually look at the picture long enough you feel like you're there and that's worth it oh okay rant over (laughs) my tapestry leave it to blake to have a favorite kind of forest (laughs) that's so (laughs) wholesome (laughs) (laughs) oh man you are your mom's child for sure yeah (laughs) the the acorn doesn't fall far from the the acorn tree Oh man! Uh, so my tapestry in college was uh, Otis. My roommate named my tapestry man Otis. It's just like a very crazy, <laughs> like trippy, multicolored man with a beard. Oh, of course. And he makes sense. Uh, it's great. I I loved Otis, and Otis is still hanging up right above me right now, right as I'm recording. Oh my gosh! So Otis is always watching. Otis is watching. He's always been watching. He's been watching since freshman year. Holy wow. He's great. <laughs> oh, so personally, I nailed all of my tapestries to the ceiling. And I have I had like twelve from college. Like people just sort of like when they graduated, they were like, Here, 
here's my tapestries <laughs> here you go so i've collected them um they're not expensive if you go to trippystore.com there are tons of really fun options <laughs> for that. That's my personal recommendation. Shout out to Trippy hey, Store. They need All these places need to sponsor us. Like they do. They're getting free ad content. Tell right them now. we're gonna cut them off. <laughs> <laughs> so what I did was I nailed them all to the ceiling of my studio, and then with the leftover Roxel that I had from making the panels, I just ripped off little blobs and threw the blobs so that they hung in inside of the like in between the the ceiling tapestries and the ceiling like they're they're just like chilling whoa in the in the dips very right cloud like very cloud like it's really like a janky <laughs> DIY version <laughs> but i had extra roxel so i was like well yeah. i might as well put it up there and like Again, that literally makes a little bit of difference, and every little bit counts. Um, yeah, those one percents. Right. I've also heard of people hanging pictures on the wall and then cutting out insulation squares and then um, lining the pictures, but uh, like between the print and the and the frame. So I've I've heard of that happening before, and that helps too. You know. Whoa. Like That's people, dedication. I know people have done that. People have gone really crazy. Like they've measured um, their ceiling and then bought a bunch of like paintings and pictures and made made a mosaic to perfectly fit their ceiling. Like I've heard of that before. Wow, which is really cool. That is that is really cool. It's like a, a big collage. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a huge collage. And like, I'm sure you could ask your artist friends to to make you pictures and then put insulation behind those pictures. All I'm saying is get creative. You know, there are tons yeah. of ways. And again, if you have figured out a different way of doing a ceiling, email us. <laughs> you know, like there's tons of different ways to do it. So. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So lastly, bass traps. I know we said we get, we get back to this. Bass traps. <laughs> Dude, bass is your enemy number one in small studios it's horrible no. oh bass is terrible bass is the I most want bass to be my friend oh it's great but ba okay the problem the pro the biggest problem i see is that bass is already such a hot commodity especially right now and bass is more problematic in small rooms the problem is that you would think that more bass in a room would be good. More bass in a room is bad because think of it this way. If you're adding bass to one of your trap mixes and your room mm. is extra bassy, what are you going to do? You're going to turn it up until you think that the song is balanced. But if your room is bassy, the song is actually going to have less bass than it needs because you're hearing more bass. You're hearing a bass buildup in your small room. So when you oh, play shoot. that song through speakers that aren't in your room, you're going to say, oh, my God, this is thin. What the heck's going on? It was sounding so good in my room. That's the counterintuitive thing about bass in a small room. You're going to undermix bass Dang. all the time. Right? That is tricky. That's super tricky. It's tricky. Yeah. So what? Do, okay. So what do we do about that? So bass for mathematical reasons that aren't interesting bass is the most problematic <laughs> in corners right corners huh. stack up bass um most rooms have four of those so 
The idea is to fill your cores with absorption. Um, you can buy bass straps, actually. They're like, you can buy them from Acoustamac and a bunch of other websites, but they're like weirdly expensive. They're like really like, huh. honestly, like, like really weirdly expensive. Like I'm still trying to figure out why they're so unbelievably. It's like a panel's 2D and the bass trap's 3D and they're like, that's it. Three dimensions. Yeah, I don't, the price. I don't get it. Like a, a set of four bass traps runs you like $700. It's like, what? Oh my God. Like you're just <laughs> cutting foam into a triangle. What are you doing? <laughs> like I don't. How is this going so wrong? <laughs> I don't get it though. I never recommend buying bass traps. Like it's. I don't know why it's so expensive. Huh. So, for us mortals, cheap will have to do. So, again, um, like I said before, I used my original DIY Roxel panels for my bass traps. I literally just stuck them in all four corners, like b scrunched them up and covered them with more tapestries. Um. Hmm. So. You can imagine my studio is very colorful. Um, but functionally, yeah. anything soft and thick is going to work, right? Furniture typically looks good in corners. So whatever sort of soft chairs you have or any sort of couch you want to put in your studio, any sort of sitting thing. Make it cozy. Yeah, make it nice. Do like a bean bag or something. Bean bags work great. Love it. Mm -hmm. um, sh more shelves and stuff will work, you know, diffusing those base frequencies is good not quite as good but again when you're doing a small studio setup as a producer like literally anything will work just know that bass is building up in your corners and if you can do something about it do it like soft cases bags will work like literally anything that will catch sound will work mm. so put those in the corners okay mm -hmm. that's sweet okay so that's super handy i feel like I'm going to get some speakers eventually and then just sort of probably not in like one week kind of thing, but slowly over time, just be like, okay, let's see if I can get my desk in a nice spot. Let's see if I can get some panels, some more art, some more stuff in here, like kind of slowly design the space. Cause of course I always want that combo of like comfy, good space to be creative in and a space that sounds flipping awesome. Oh yeah. That, uh, also makes it, makes the creative juices flow, you know, when you're getting excited. Oh, yeah. And the funny thing about it all is that you can spend years on it. You can know a ton about acoustics. You can work in a studio where you're constantly playing with the acoustic treatment. And at mm -hmm. the end of the day, in my home studio, you'll still mix in headphones. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it's just a, but it's really great for recording. Like this stuff is really important for recording. Like all of this stuff this versus none of it like is the difference between a soundcloud rapper and a professional like it really does matter like oh, I, I can't yeah especially when you're getting your okay getting your mics out and like recording live instruments or singing okay yeah it matters so okay. much that like okay so i have, i have a quick story so i spent a couple years doing mobile sessions for Detroit based rap artists. And I still do that um, on occasion. Um, nice. But what would happen was I was pack, a, I would pack a bag with my laptop, my focus, right. And a, my condenser microphone um, and a bunch of equipment. And I would go to these people's houses and I would say like, look, let's record your EP. So we would spend a day and the challenge was finding a space in the room 
um, or sorry, finding a space in the apartment where the sound was the least amount of bad, right? Because you don't <laughs> want to record. Like most rappers' rooms are really noisy. Like they're really roomy. They're they're echoey. They you just like say anything loud and they just like the it just bounces around. It's horrible. So what I figured out eventually was I could take their mattress and lean it up against the wall behind the mic and it fixed like <laughs> 60% of the problems that we were having every time like it was foolproof whoa that is a life hack right there isn't that great <laughs> i just love you just like come into these people's houses and you're like we're going to move the furniture we're lifting up your mattress <laughs> right <laughs> yeah you're like hey totally. take before i come take your bedding off because we're going to be using your mattress they're like what <laughs> what <laughs> excuse like, me what am i signing up for <laughs> exactly but oh, that's dude, awesome. do okay so try that though there's the clap test right if you're ever in a room clap around and notice when the claps sort of like ping a bunch you'll you'll notice it if you're in a room with not a lot of stuff on the wall if you just clap and the clap mm. bounces around you can like hear a tiny amount of little claps after the clap because like brrr. oh like before you move into a place if you ever go in and like if you're touring a place or just helping a friend move in and it's empty it sounds so weird yes absolutely that's that's huh. that's the thing clap clap around at a new apartment when you're touring with um when you're touring that apartment and yeah. you can hear all of the horrible reflections everywhere and the more stuff you put in the room the better that gets that's what i'm saying the more stuff the better <laughs> <laughs> that's the point Fill it up <laughs> <laughs> but really it is like the clap test is really great um another tip for your room is when all of your stuff is sort of configured the way you want it clap around your room because certain spots in the room will be drier than others and you'll you'll sort of notice it right like so the, dry is good like less dry is less good bounces yeah less yeah. bounces like drier the the deader the sound the better so if you clap and you hear a dead sound in your room that's a good spot for your mic pro tip so place your mic there Whoa. And there are spots in my room that are like a little bit better than others. So I have my little mic spot. Huh. Okay. Wait, that's such a simple, easy way to test. Yeah. Yeah, the clap test. It's great. That's the um hmm. acousticians do that. By the way. Wow. I picked that up from an acoustician. He was clapping. Looks legit. Yeah, he was clapping <laughs> around the room. He's listening. He was clapping and mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a funny sight. <laughs> yeah. It is kind of goofy. Okay, so a few leftover tips um, that I really have to touch on before we end the episode. Um, and I'll just quickly run through these. So if your studio room has no carpet, buy rugs. Just do it. Easy. There are, for everybody with rockets, there are knobs in the back of the speakers that control the low and high frequencies. The high frequency hmm. stuff, not, not as important. The low frequency stuff, try turning it down because chances are that your rockets are replicating a perfect um, representation of the sound coming out of your DAW. Try turning the low end down a couple decibels. That may give you a better experience. 
I've done that in my studio because despite me having a bunch of good absorbers and solid bass trapping, my room is still just a little bit bad. Again, the title of the episode is All Rooms Are Bad, Some Are Less Bad. Mine is less bad, but it's still bad. So I turn the back of my speakers low end down a couple decibels and I find that that gives me a closer sound to what I'm hearing in the headphones. Um, okay. Get a soft chair. If you're sitting in a hard chair, that's going to reflect stuff. So get a soft chair, just another soft thing in your room to catch stuff. Um, the last thing I'll mention is if you are super into this stuff and you want to really understand what's happening in your room on a frequency level, there's a tool called Room EQ Wizard, and it's a free application that you can download. What it does is you set it up, you press shoot the room, you set up a mic, and Room EQ Wizard will play a sine wave out of your speakers into the room. And you put the microphone where your head would be, and Room EQ Wizard will map the frequency uh, amplitude throughout the frequency spectrum. So it'll start low, you'll hear the sine wave go it'll go all the way up and the microphone will pick up how loud each frequency is so what that does is it graphs the frequency spectrum for you and if there's weird 700 hertz buildup around your point of listening you'll know that 700 hertz is a problem what this does is allows you to have data to back up your experimentation. So it's really good for advanced troubleshooting, right? So if you are a person who really wants to like get your room nice and even, you can play with the positioning of say a bass trap or a bookshelf or an absorber. Like you can move things around, you can um, use your ears and say, you know, I have a theory that there's a weird frequency build up here, but I don't know what's causing it. So let me do a couple tests and you can sort of eliminate the problem by shooting your room with this free tool a bunch of times and eventually you will have data to support your decisions. Um, that's sort of like an advanced version for those of you who are more into the advanced troubleshooting stuff. That's pretty sweet. Could you also maybe like, so for example, yeah, the 700, let's say your room has too much of that going on. Could you also just sort of let it go and then at the end of your mixing process just sort of go in and be like well i have a couple instruments that are really kind of banging in that level i'm just going to turn them down even though that's not what my my ear says but then i know it's going to sound better in a you know in, in headphones or at a different space absolutely you can yes yeah you can 100 percent know it exists know that there's not much you can do about it and just mix around it like that's what that's hmm. 100% fine. Like that's that's something at the at the studio that I work at. I have a theory that there's like a really muddy 600 to 800 hertz thing going on because of the board. Um and whenever I raise the speakers up, that problem gets better, but it causes more problems so I prefer the speakers down. But I I really do oh. like mix around it. Like that's that's 100% huh. okay. So yeah, it's like I you know, okay, so you're facing the bad of a room. There's bads everywhere. You just want to get as few of them as possible and in singularities rather than multitudes of them so you can just 
mix around the last ones and get as close to good as you can, right? That's really it. Yeah, it's minimizing hmm. the unfortunate part of sound, which is sound just sucks in a small room. <laughs> hmm. That's, yeah. Well, that's I mean, it. pretty sweet guide to like doing it yourself and just kind of, even if you don't want to get into the technical stuff, just, you know, hanging stuff up on your walls and filling up your space. I mean, pretty easy to do that and have a good time. And turns out your room will sound better too. Yeah, that's it. I need a carpet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really do. You need a carpet. It feels good on your toes, man. Yeah, my toes are cold right now. Yeah, get a carpet. Get a heated carpet. <laughs> what, is that a thing? No. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I'm putting that on the Christmas list for my partner. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sweet, dude. Anything else on this? Any other last gems or i mean i feel like that's a very comprehensive guide i'm feeling ready to make some action happen in the studio that's all i know i mean consult your local acoustician for more i guess (laughs) (laughs) you know the other thing about all this work like we kind of talked about this in the episode about friction of your space but also in this it's you're you're still working on your space and we also kind of talked about you know like oh wouldn't it be sweet to have a studio with like big glass walls and a beautiful this and that and like all this stuff that's kind of just really comes down to a lot of money but this is like if you invest time in your space it it makes it feel special and kind of like that's your spot for doing it and that's that's your that's your reason for being there and it's kind of this like lovely rare space that's just for you and um yeah that's a beautiful thing so uh, I feel I excited for about working on it for that reason too. I agree. And the the really fortunate thing about hanging stuff up is that stuff tends to look really good. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it does. It's like You like stuff, don't you? No, everyone loves stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, you got me there. All right, well, sweet. Um, you know what I've been thinking about is thinking about asking our listeners if they would choose to to email us maybe some little sound bites of some stuff they're working on or some songs if they're comfortable with either part of that being shared on on the podcast. It'd be kind of fun to do some music here and there, or even we've been thinking about doing some song breakdowns. And you know, of course, with with our audience's permission, we would love to sort of get into some music that other people are making. So again, send us an email if you're comfortable with that kind of thing or be interested in doing that kind of thing. And uh, also you can send it to us and say, hey, keep this private. I just want you to hear it because we would love to sort of see what you're up to, what you're making. And uh, yeah, have fun with it. Yeah, at this point, if you email us, we will respond. <laughs> yeah, That might not be the case forever, but we, I mean, we, we'll respond like we will. We would love to hear your, yeah. the stuff you're working on. Yeah, I mean, heck, send just Rick roll us. We're cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been Rick rolled so many times. I don't care. Too many times. Don't Rick roll us. That's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, much love, everybody. Catch you next time. Bye. I swear to God, if you just hung up right then and just didn't say anything, I, like, wouldn't sleep. (laughs)